You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Uh, we're going to get to your questions a little bit later on, uh, but I want to start with what we know right now injury report-wise. And what we found out over the course of this week is Devontae Adams is not as close to playing as we thought he might be when that injury against Philadelphia came out. The turf toe injury, Ian Rappaport described it today as a two- to six-week injury. So that means next week, probably at the earliest, he also said Devontae Adams came into the day or came into the week expecting to have an outside chance of Devontae playing this week. It doesn't sound like, based on what's been reported and based on Devontae's interview earlier in the week, that that's going to happen. It just doesn't seem like he's going to be in a position to play. And, and I think, frankly, the Packers are taking the long view on this. They should be taking the long view on this. They just beat a really good Cowboys team on the road without Devontae Adams. And now at home on Monday night in prime time, you think Aaron Rodgers is afraid to go against the Lions without Devontae Adams? I don't think so. And getting Jamal Williams back, that's more injury news that we got this week. He's out of concussion protocol. He's back to his smiling self, which is great to see Jamal Williams um, back on the field. I think we're going to see a lot of those two running back sets that they were going to use against Philadelphia. Keep Detroit's linebackers on the field and make them cover in space. Gerard Davis is not very good. And their other linebackers are not great in space. They're not great running uh, and chasing as linebackers uh, against running backs like Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones dominated his matchup with Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Dominated it. And this Detroit Lions group is not nearly as good as that group. Now, Detroit has a better front, and that's important uh, because they can control the line of scrimmage in a way that that maybe Dallas couldn't, but this is not a team that rushes the passer particularly well. So when we talk about the impact of Devontae Adams and the way that it potentially impacts this passing game, we have to remember that Detroit is not going to pressure Aaron Rodgers consistently. They're just not. It's not what they do. It's not what they're good at. And unless they totally change their approach, and they might, I don't see it happening, but they might, unless they completely change who they are, they're not going to pressure Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to bring blitzers. They're going to let him sit back there and try and make plays. And even with Jake Kumro and Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis, none of those guys individually are great, right? None of them individually make a team scared. But as a group... There's plenty of talent there. 
There's plenty of talent there. When when Tom Brady on Thursday night, and I know I, I preach this all the time, we can't compare anything to what the Patriots do. Troy Aikman said before that game that this was the thinnest group uh, at the skill positions that Tom Brady's ever had. First of all, no, just not even close. But I thought about it, and I was like, well, Aaron Jones is better than any single skill player the Patriots put on the field on Thursday night. And then the conglomeration of other guys that they have, the, 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 you know, the Brandon Boldens of the world and the James Whites and the Sony Michels are the combination of Jamal Williams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison. Are they really anything less than, than what the Patriots have? I don't think so. Josh Gordon left early in that game. Now, Tom Brady didn't play great, but he was still completed over 70% of his passes, 300-plus yards, had the rushing touchdowns, whatever. Make those Aaron Jones rushing touchdowns, and you've got a blueprint for how the Packers can attack any defense, much less the Lions' defense. Run the ball with some effectiveness, play action teams, take the dump-offs, and be judicious about your chunk plays. And you should be able to be successful. Now, on the other side of the ball, the other big injury, Darnell Savage. So this is this is one that comes at a, if there is ever an opportune time to lose one of your best secondary players, this would be a week because, for this reason, not because Matthew Stafford isn't playing well, he's playing really well. And not because the Lions don't have good skill position players, they do. It looks like TJ Hawkinson is going to play. But given the way that this Green Bay secondary looks, Jair Alexander, Leads the league in pass breakups. I know that he had the the two or three bad plays against Amari Cooper. Marvin Jones, not Amari Cooper. And Kenny Galladay is a very dynamic player. Not the same kind of player. Not the same route runner that Amari Cooper is. The Packers have three really, really good cornerbacks. This, this top three, it rivals anything any team in the league has. The snowfly zone is in full effect. Kevin King is playing awesome football. You love that matchup. This is the first time Green Bay has had a guy with his size, with his length, and his playmaking ability in the secondary in a long time. And you like that matchup with uh, Kenny Galladay. He can run with Kenny Galladay. He can jump with Kenny Galladay. He can play physical with Kenny Galladay. Jair Alexander has the foot quickness, the speed, the aggressiveness to play with Marvin Jones. And then you have... Someone like Adrian Amos, if you're going to bring in Josh Jackson in that three-safety look, you have guys that can hang with TJ Hawkinson. Does this mean they're going to play Oren Burks more? It might, and and that might be a smart thing to do. I think we will see Oren Burks more in nickel packages, in more traditional uh, base plays, because B.J. Goodson is just not, he has not been great. He's been fine in spots. They wanted Oren Burks to be the guy. And so Mike Patton said last week before the game, you, you, you have to earn it on the field first as a special teamer. And then once we're comfortable with you being healthy enough to play, we're going we're gonna to work you in and, and, and get you in the rotation. Oren Burks got to play a little bit last week because of the injury. I expect him to be a bigger part of the plan against the Lions and then eventually just become the guy. And you can, you can afford to have Oren Burks on the field if you know your front is doing what it's doing and if your cornerback's are playing as well as they are. Plus, Will Redmond is coming off his best game as an NFL player. He was very good against Dallas. Uh, I know he had the missed tackle in the long Amari Cooper touchdown, but also had some other nice plays. He wasn't great against Philadelphia, 
but he played well against Dallas. Chandon Sullivan even came in and played well. Tremont Williams, Zach Cruz tweeted out the stat um, earlier in the day. Tremont Williams has been one of the stingiest slot corners in football at 36 years old. I mean, to, for him to come in and stay, he, he has had the effect this year that we thought he would have last year. And part of that is because he hasn't had to be the guy. He hasn't had to be the best guy because that's Jair Alexander. And then Kevin King is, is 1B right now. And, and that is after a lot of fans wanted to run him off the team after a week or two. And, and suddenly Kevin King is, is playing really, really well and playing with a lot of confidence. This secondary, even without Darnell Savage, is going to play with a ton of confidence. And that's what you have to have. Matthew Stafford has been playing well. But you have a secondary that is not afraid of anyone. And I think you can with this front. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Montrevious Adams back fully now at practice. Kenny Clark, who has not been the player we thought he would be this season yet. Maybe this is a game that he gets off the schneid a little bit. Because you can get after this Detroit offensive line. And you can, you can force Matthew Stafford to move off his spot. You can get him to throw the ball into coverage. You can get him to do things that make it easier for your defense to do the thing that it's been doing all season, and that's create turnovers. Because you can create pressure, because you can force him to move, because you can cover, he's not going to have easy throwing lanes. He's not going to have wide open guys. The Packers have not had coverage busts. They've not had the issues that plagued them under Dom Capers. And so you hope that even without someone like Darnell Savage, that, that they can mitigate that loss. I mean, for all of the issues that the Packers have had, and I got another note on the Lockdown Packers hotline this week that was like, what do the Packers do differently? Why are they always so injured? And I'm sort of looking around going, I, I mean, I know Devontae Adams is out and I know Darnell Savage is out this week, but for the most part, they've been healthy. And they're, they're not weathering injuries in the same way that they have in recent years where it's like, you know, that, that Bears game, the second Bears game last year where they, where they basically had a triple-A NFL team on defense. It was like all backups and all your best players are hurt and you're fielding, you know, future pick-and-save baggers. I mean, th- that is how bad it was at times for Green Bay. No shots at anyone who bags at pick-and-save. Love pick-and-save. But this is, this is not that right now. It's two injuries that are important. And the Packers have the tools right now because Brian Gutekunst has done an outstanding job of putting together a roster that can withstand these injuries by construction, both the shape of it and the, the depth of it. They, they finally have players that when their top guys go down, the other people can step in. And, and bring at least competent play. I mean, we see Elton Jenkins step right in, and immediately he's their best interior offensive lineman, and that is on an offensive line with Corey Lindsley, who is a Pro Bowl caliber center. You know, you bring Channon Sullivan off the street, he comes in and makes a, I mean, he played last year for the Eagles, but is, he's, he's a street free agent type his whole career. And he comes in and he makes a huge interception in Dallas. These are the kinds of moves that they have made that have bolstered this roster above just the top guys. This is not a, a you know, a, a Jocks and Joes roster. It's not like that. It's not the superstars and then everyone else. I, I think right now, Brian Gutekunst is the favorite for executive of the year. I think Matt LaFleur, I have not seen him enough in coach of the year uh, conversations. 
I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers or what, but it's one of those things that that I really think uh, right now they could be looking at at sweeping uh, the, the executive awards this offseason. All right, before we move on, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help get you there to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. All right, let's get to some of your questions. I have a couple here and then I will get to some on the Periscope feed as well. Let's start here. Uh, hey, Peter, what's happening? Sarah from Minneapolis. Hello, Peter. What's happening? First, a little reminder for the Packers fans complaining about the season that we're winning the types of games this year we were losing last year. So settle down. Second, I know he's a rookie, but with Jay Sternberger potential returning, potentially returning, what, if any boost to the pass catching group, do you think he could provide that they don't currently have in another player? Keep being the best Packers podcast around. Thanks. So, what Jay Sternberger brings is something more closely approximating what Jimmy Graham was supposed to be. And I'm not saying he is anywhere near now what Jimmy Graham was in his prime uh, or even what Jimmy Graham was in maybe his best season in Seattle. But what Sternberger can do is he can move, he can make plays down the seam, and he has the speed and the route running ability to win on his own. He doesn't need it all created for him. He doesn't need to have a tight end leak play called for him where all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're doing everything you can to scheme him up. It's something that I think you can, you can throw him in there assuming he's ready to go. We don't know if he's, if he's ready schematically, if they trust him, all of these things, but from a pure talent set standpoint, he is the most complete tight end on the roster. And the future of the tight end position in green Bay is Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger. And unfortunately, big Bob is hurt right now. Hip injury, uh, he's working through it. He's rehabbing. We'll see if he's able to go Monday. We haven't really got a lot of reporting around what that injury is um, or where he is in his in his rehab on the way back. You'd hope to get him back because that play that everyone was ooing and eyeing about, myself included, from the Cowboys game, was the the play where Rodgers is he buys some time. He steps up. All of a sudden, you think he's going to run. He makes sure he gets back behind the line of scrimmage, and he fires a laser down the sideline. Tanya makes a leaping grab, and you convert a third down. That is the kind of thing that Big Bob Tanya can do. Now, Jay Sternberger 
whose name I, I insist I'm going to pronounce right consistently now. I don't can't make any promises about it. He is a, a, a true receiver, did not give you a ton at Texas A&M as a blocker, but can do it, has the body for it, has the frame for it. He was a little inconsistent in preseason, but he is the kind of player. I mean, when, when someone as good as Jimbo Fisher says, we're going to build the offense around you. And when you are the first guy that he brings in, when, when he gets to town and says, we need you on this team, that says something about the talent that you have. And unfortunately, he was the victim of a cheap shot in practice. That sets back your development. Then you get hurt in the preseason again. That sets back your development. Now we're going to we're going to learn a lot about what's going to happen over the next few weeks because guys like Ibrahim Campbell and Sternberger can come off IR um, starting in week 8. They're allowed to practice after week 6. So this gives the Packers an opportunity to bring in guys that that can help them. That can be players who are useful on this team. When you if you have Big Bob Tanya go out now you can bring in Jay Sternberger. I think the Packers will consistently roster four tight ends once Sternberger comes back. And you can give him some of the reps that you're giving Jimmy Graham. They've, they've taken his reps way down and just said, we're going to use you in these specific types of things, these specific types of concepts that best fit what you do. And that is something that uh, you can uh, really be creative with when you're using your tight end. So this is something that I think can help the Packers and will have to help the Packers, whether it's this season specifically. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Hey, Peter, as much as I want to talk about how bad Allison is, I won't. If you've had the chance to do a draft do-over, would you have taken TJ Watt, keep in mind hometown kid, jersey sales, the ability to spend Nick Perry money elsewhere, or take Brian Burns this year, what would you do? This team is missing pure speed off the edge. I'd be torn. Chris in California. Packer fans love these questions. They love them. I don't know why we can't just think about the players currently on the team. I don't know why. We're, we're what, five games into this season. Brian Burns has looked good in Carolina at times. It's five games. And the Packers, when they drafted Rashawn Gary, let's say, they knew that it was going to be a process. They knew that they were transitioning him to a new position. They knew he was going to have to learn a lot to get to being a, a premier player in this league. Having Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith already on the team makes it easier to make those kinds of gambles on talent. I don't know why we have to go back and litigate the TJ Watt thing. Why? We, we just got through talking about how good Kevin King has been this season. Kevin King has been good on the field for much of his NFL career when he's been healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's been really good. And I know TJ Watt has, has had good moments. Has he, how much has he elevated that Steelers defense? How much has he changed what they're able to do? If, if the Steelers could do it over, let's flip the question. If the Steelers could do it over, would they draft Kevin King instead of TJ Watt? Because they just had to give up a first round pick for a defensive back. Their secondary is a hot mess. And if the, the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers called the GM of the Green Bay Packers and said, we'll trade you TJ Watt for Kevin King straight up, Brian Gutekinds would hang up the phone. Or he would say, what are you going to give me along with TJ Watt? 
Because the Packers, they don't need him in the same way that they need Kevin King. Kevin King would be a starting cornerback for the Green Bay Packers, which he is. TJ Watt would be a backup outside linebacker. Because of the way that they have effectively used free agency, because of the way they've constructed this roster. And they put themselves in a position to take a swing on a different pass rusher this offseason. So I am, I'm done having these conversations about TJ Watt. Done. We're not, do, we're not doing it anymore. Enough. I don't, I don't want to hear them. Don't send them. Not going to answer them. We're finished. We're done. Because look at how good Kevin King has been the last two weeks. Game-changing plays. Game-changing plays. He's been really good. And so we need to give these guys time to develop. He's barely played a full season's worth of games in the NFL, and, and Packer fans are already ready to pack his bags, drive him to Austin Straubel, and send him on his way. Why? Why? It's just, it is, it is so beyond absurd to me, and, and I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand the need to have these conversations about hindsight. Number one, different GM... So why does it matter anymore? And number two, it just seems like there is this, this masochistic tendency from some of these fans. Why do you want to live in the darkness? And why do you want to live in the past? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The team is the team. The team they have right now is the team that they have to go play against the Detroit Lions. Right? The team that is already in Green Bay. Why are you worried in the middle of the season here we are in October. It's October 11th. And you're worried about TJ Watt on a Steelers team that might not win five games? <laughs> Why? I, I, I don't understand the impulse. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but, you know, look, you, you have to be a fan however you want to be a fan. It is your right. It is your prerogative. And so if, if you want to live in that darkness, feel free. I am, I am not going to, I'm not going to deal with it anymore. Just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to address it. And that's, it is what it is. Do you ever find yourself wishing you could make some extra cash with your NFL knowledge? At MyBookie, they want to make your dream come true this season. Right now, all players are invited to play in the free $50,000 Survivor Contest. Winner takes all. Contest starts October 8th and closes October 14th before the start of our Monday night football game. Pick one team each week, survive the longest, and you can take home $50,000 in cash. Make a successful deposit with my bookie, and you'll receive a free entry in the contest today. Between the NFL football season, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the start of the NBA and the NHL, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action because where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on right now. Go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code locked on, and they will double your first deposit. They will double your first deposit. Mybookie.ag, promo code locked on, they will double your first deposit because at mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Now, one of the questions we got earlier in the stream was about um, the receiver group and what to do there. And this is it is becoming a little bit different in the way that I'm viewing this because it does seem like Devontae Adams is going to be out a little bit. Now, obviously, it's too late for this week. So maybe they have to reconvene at the end of Monday Night Football and decide uh, what the situation is going to be. Is Devontae going to play this week? Is he going to play next week? Is he going to play the week after that? And maybe that ramps up the intensity of a trade for someone like 
Emmanuel Sanders. I know that that is the hot name that's out there. Um, I have suggested that, you know, the, uh, the Kenyon Drake uh, injury or the Kenyon Drake trade proposal from Bill Barnwell was out there. I like the I like the idea of Ryan Grant, who they had in for a workout. Clearly, they feel comfortable enough with their group that they're going to be okay. And as I said last week, this is an opportunity for Matt LaFleur to, to show it a little bit, to prove it. You were brought here to do a thing. And that thing was take the pressure off Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy's offense relied on its receivers to do everything. It relied on its quarterback and its receivers, I suppose, to do everything. It made Aaron Rodgers have to make decisions, basically pick out matchups and throw to a guy who has to get open by himself. So everything falls on the quarterback and and the receiver being on the same page. Everything falls on the quarterback to make a great throw, on the receiver to win his route. Why is Matt LaFleur here? To make life easier for the receivers and the quarterback. So yes, the running backs are going to be a bigger part of the passing game. Aaron Jones last week, seven catches, 75 yards. He was a major part of what they did in the passing game. And I think he can continue to be. I loved what they did splitting him out wide. I loved the the bubble screen to him. Love that. That is a play that Mike McCarthy, not going to run. And this is your opportunity to say, this is why you brought me here. He, there was a great piece by Jason Wilde in The Athletic uh, this week about Matt LaFleur saying he wanted to steal plays from other teams. Steal plays from other teams. He, wa- he has his video team cut up all of the explosive plays and the red zone touchdowns in the league for that week. And he watches them. And on a weekly basis, it's something like 120 plays. He identifies either plays that fit what they do schematically or attack a defense they're playing schematically. And he says he grabs about 15 a week. 15 a week. That's a lot. And and so let's see him. You know, the, the, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur talked about Philadelphia being a week to sort of unload on some some plays that they had put in that they hadn't gotten to, some concepts. I, I, I think the Packers have those every week. I think Matt LaFleur is always in the lab trying to figure out ways to push this offense forward, to get it to develop, to get it to um, do things that the defenses haven't seen. And that's why they're so good in the scripted play situation. It's why they're so good on early downs. We had this conversation earlier in the week. This is the week for them to get production out of guys simply because Matt LaFleur makes it so. Get Jay Kumaro involved. Get Touchdown Jesus involved. Find ways to get the ball to Marquez Valdez-Scantling down the field. Find ways to get Jimmy Graham open, to get Jamal Williams open. I think we're going to see a lot of two running back sets. I think we're going to see a ton of pony personnel, a ton. I love it. Put them on the field at the same time. We're going to see two tight end sets. They're going to play big and throw the ball out of big personnel. I would love to see them run a little bit more out of 11 personnel to see them run with light boxes by spreading teams out because that Aaron Jones kills teams that way. You can, you can line up with Danny Vitale who, look, play. He is he is great in the passing game. Play Danny Vitale too. Uh, but Aaron Jones can play in that traditional way. He can play in that traditional I formation uh, and, and run the ball that way. 
but he can also play in shotgun offset. He can play in pistol. You can run jet sweeps with Aaron Jones. You can use Aaron Jones in so many more ways. This is a week to rely on your playmakers that you have on the field. This is a week for Matt LaFleur to prove his coaching chops offensively and to make the best of uh, uh, a suboptimal situation for the Green Bay Packers. All right, I want to thank everyone for watching, for for tuning in. Uh, Monday night, we will have a recap show of what what has gone on in the week, final preparations uh, for Monday Night Football. It's not going to be a long episode because, you know, I want to give everyone time to to get set but i I do if there are final lingering things if there are surprise injury things we'll talk about that but we'll we'll try and set the table for everything going on on monday night football and uh get set for what should be a really good game i I had said that i thought it was going to be something like you know 28 21 maybe 28 24 28 23 i expected Devontae adams to play when i made some of those earlier predictions you know, I thought maybe even 30 points was on the table. I'm a little less bullish on that uh, now that it looks like neither Adams nor Savage are going to play. I still think Green Bay wins. I think it's a good game. And I think the Packers are going are gonna to be 5-1 and one hosting the Oakland Raiders, which is great. So we'll be back next week. Have an awesome weekend. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And anytime you want to be a part of a show like this one, you can by hitting us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.